0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We all have different things we stand for. And we all have different things we represent. So for instance, um, I have various aspects to my identity. Uh, One of them, the clearest, is because I wear this cassock, I wear these vestments, I'm seen to be an orthodox clergyman. Because I wear this specific type of cassock, I'm seen to be Coptic orthodox because I'm wearing this cowl colonsoa I'm seen to be a Coptic orthodox monk and so on and so forth so we represent things <clears throat> there are some things that are easy to determine easy to spot but there are other things that people will only see and recognize with time one of the most important of those is my christianity Now, although we don't have a standard vestment or regulation costume, what we do have is a way of life and a way of integrating with people and a way of carrying ourselves and a way of being who we are. The fact that we are Christians means that we follow in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ. And those footsteps were very clearly and very precisely placed for one thing and one thing alone. And that was the salvation of the world. So, God created us. We fell in Adam and Eve. He decided that he was going to restore us. That was always the promise. And to restore us, he took flesh himself, and he came, dwelt among us, and showed us the way. So all of that was for our salvation, that's why um, if, if we look at 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is important for God is for us to be sanctified. And again, <clears throat> why is it important for us to be sanctified? Partially because we need to be light in the world. We need to represent certain things, live in a certain way. We need to be certain people to be his light, his ambassadors, his image. But more importantly, actually essentially, he wants us to be sanctified because it is only in our sanctification that we will end up being in his kingdom forever. And that's what he wants. God's God's plans are never only short-term. Short-term can be part of it. You know, he'll give you a great career, he'll give you a great husband or a great wife, he'll give you great kids, he'll give you a great life. Those are all short-term. The long-term is always the more important, though, and that is eternal life. And of course, if you think of it proportionately, for us to live on earth... You know, ranging from the Old Testament, where it was hundreds of years, now it's decades, compared to eternity, it's a very small proportion. So, of course, God's focus is going to be more on the eternity than on the short term. So, He has put us here for a reason. That reason is that we try to reach His kingdom because he wants us there, because he loves us. Not because he gets anything out of it. He is God, after all, perfect, perfectly self-sustaining, doesn't need us, but wants us with him. But at the same time, what he's done is he said, I'm putting you on earth, but I want you not only to come to me, but I want you to be my light in the world, so that you can bring that light into the world and so that in you being that light in the world, people see you, know that you're mine, and then glorify me, not because I need their praise, but once they glorify me and see that I have made you who you are, they'll realize they can be that too, and they can also be with me forever. So we have an essential part to play in God's salvation of humanity. We can't just be end users. He's not just saying, okay, I'll take you, 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 you and you, and that's it, that's the end of it. But in the journey itself, in our journey here on earth, we walk in a way that attracts people. We don't even do it intentionally. I have met many people in my life who are gentle, who are kind, who are not your typical um, leaders or type A personalities. They're just gentle. And it's unbelievable the amount of impact they have just by being themselves. Now, of course, there is there is a place for powerful people and powerful identities and and powerful personalities. There's nothing wrong with that as long as that power is used in the right way. But it's not just about that. It's about being the light of God in the world. And that light comes out equally from young and old, rich and poor, very powerful and very meek, Because that light is not dependent on me or you. It is his light. It just shines through us. So when our Lord says to us in John 10.10 that I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, that applies to you and me, but it also applies to the world through us. So it applies to you and me because God says, I have come for you. I have come so you can have life and not just life. I want you to have it absolutely abundantly. You know when you love someone and you buy them something, you give them something. You don't want to give them something small. You want to give them something the the most you can, the best you can. You want them to have an abundance of things. You know, someone you cares about says they like X, you get a truckload of it. Someone you like says that they have benefited from Y, you do it all the time. Because that's what you do, it's what you want. So when God loves us as he does, and he's perfect, he wants to give us everything in abundance, And that life means the life here on earth and also the life eternal. But even in that, we have a role. And that role is that the abundance of life for others (coughs) can be through us. Now, I know that I am here today doing what I'm doing, serving the way I'm serving, living the way I'm living, because so many people have touched my life. Whether it be family, friends, people who serve me at church, um, people who are models in my life, uh, clergy, confession fathers, spiritual guides, even the saints we read about who have impacted our lives. Sorry. All of that touches us and affects us. We are the products of all of that at the same time. So this abundant life, doesn't just come because God is guiding us in a vacuum. It's because we've had others also who were light and whom we have followed in the same way. So why not be those same people to somebody else? We're not supposed to be selfish. We're not supposed to be self-centered. We are supposed to be focusing on that which gives us strength. If you look at St. Paul, in his life, in his writings, he was an incredible messenger. He gave such example, such powerful example, such teaching. He was an example in every way. An example in his direct teaching. An example in his life, an example in his confidence, his strength, his hope. Imprisoned, he was hopeful. Sick and infirmed, he was hopeful and strong. When people chased him out of cities and towns, he continued to preach. So he was such an example in so many ways. But one of the greatest ways he was an example is in his transformation. Don't forget that St. Paul started out as Saul, who not only was not living a very good life, but he was actively and intentionally and aggressively and viciously persecuting Christians, because they were Christians. Yet on the road to Damascus, when our Lord touched him and changed his life, it was a complete transformation. And that's the greatest example. Uh, there's a saint by name Ambrosden who said, Paul wants to show us both his devotion to God's providence and his belief that it is his duty to love the whole human race. And so what St. Paul does in his writings, in his teachings, and I'm sure if we were following him around in his life, I'm sure by his example, he would have showed us his love and God's love for us. He would have been a model of God's love incarnate and also reflecting that light into the world. So what do we do with this? Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. Our Lord said to them, Go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I love picking this apart because sometimes we just read things really mean. The first word is only two letters. Go. Right? The first thing I'll tell you about the word go is that it is a verb. It is a to-do word. It is not a to think about it. It's not a to consider it. It's not a to ponder it. It's not a to reflect on it. It's to do. Go. Don't forget that this was after Our Lord had trained them. Go. You've learned. You've seen. You've experienced. You've encountered. Now go. Your role is not to follow me on this earth forever because I am leaving you. I didn't take you with me to keep having you follow me like ducklings. What I did is I've taken you on this magnificent journey of three years to teach you everything I want you to learn, to expose you to the glory that is in the salvation, to expose you to everything that is wonderful. And then, having taught you how I shared it with you, I want you to share it with others. I want you to proclaim it to others. I want you to be an example. And that's the important thing. He then said to them, Go. I want you to be active in the world. Just as he says to us, Go. It's not enough for us to be sitting here tonight listening to these words. It's not enough for us to be in church attending liturgy. It's not enough for us to be at youth meetings or adult Bible studies. It's not enough for us to be in fellowships. That's when we receive. Freely you have received, freely give. That's the next step. Once you've received, once you've absorbed, you know, if you, if you get an object that absorbs and you keep giving it whatever it absorbs, it keeps it getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now either it becomes big and immobile or it explodes, but that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to receive so we can give, so we can share. Great. You've been to the Eucharist. You've partaken the body of the blood of Christ. You've been recipients of that gift, that grace, that undeserved gift. We forget what the Eucharist does for us. Now take it, and when you go into the world, share it. Share the grace, share the love, share the power. Share the message. Share the love, share the forgiveness. Um, just last week, I'm not sure if you saw it, um, there was a, a small column on forgiveness. People, had, someone, the, the writer, the journalist that picked up our statement from a few months ago after the shooting of the pilgrims in Asyut and, uh, and Minya, sorry, and um, wrote something about forgiveness that I had said, we, we love and forgive you. That's very nice, but when you look at it online, I read some of the comments underneath it. And some of them were quite abusive. Like, what do you mean forgive? Is this person crazy? What's he doing? And they went on about lots of, you know, a lot of it was, I don't get out enough, kind of thing. What do you understand about the world? Because our message is so countercultural, But we have to give it. It's the only hope the world has. And I'm not just talking about responding to terrorist acts and, you know, God forbid that we should have any more, but even in your own life, in your own workplace, in your own family, in your own community, in your own social group. I'm not asking you to forgive ISIS right now. I'm asking you to forgive people who are closest to you or people maybe who consider you as an enemy at work for some reason, That's their problem. It is in having received that grace to then go out and give it that we have the greatest impact and we make the greatest difference in the world. Go into the world. Go into the world. This is why we were created you might think, well, that's a bit fresh coming from a monk who went and lived in the mos- monastery, right? It's good, it's good you telling us to go into the world make a difference, but you actually chose to go into the monastery. But that was my own way of going into the world. That was my own way of going into the world and saying, my role in the world is to take a step back and pray. Because I'm not the only person in the world. We have millions of monks and nuns around the world in in various places but they do their thing they pray for the world they serve the world in their way and we all have our same we have our thing to do but when you go into the world don't just go randomly when you go into the world our lord goes on to say preach the gospel it is a definitive message. Don't go and do your own thing. Don't go and live randomly. Don't go and live haphazardly. Go and preach the gospel. And notice again, there are two elements. The first is the gospel. It is defined. Don't go preach your own message. Don't go preach another message. Go preach the gospel. And what do you do with the gospel? You preach it. Don't just take it. Don't just carry it under your arm. Don't just internalize it. Preach it. Now, again, I need to clarify here, I don't mean that I want every one of you here, or indeed every Christian in the world, to be a street corner preacher. Right? We're not not all given that gift. Some people are, some people aren't. When we're speaking about preaching the gospel here, it is preaching in our own way. If I look at the diversity of this group here, some of you preach the gospel through word, and I know that. Many of you preach it in life as an example, as a way of life, as a counterculture. Look at St. Athanasius. He did both. He spoke and he proclaimed bravely In his witness, he was also brave. That's why he was called contramundum, against the world, counter-narrative. And that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to preach the gospel to every creature. And that is indiscriminate. And let me explain to you what I think that also means. It doesn't just mean to speak the word of God to everyone you meet. That's not preaching the gospel. That's one way of preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel also means to love every creature, to forgive every creature, to be gracious with every creature. It is indiscriminate. It is unlimited. Can we do that? If we can't, is the problem in the gospel? I would doubt it. Is the problem in the instruction of our Lord? I'm sure it's not. So where's the problem? The problem is that I can't do it indiscriminately. The problem is that I can't do it as God does it. And of course, I'm not God, you're not God, we all know that. But at least we aim to be as godly as we can. We look at the world from a very different perspective. We follow his teachings and his advice and his instructions by being who we are in him and projecting him into the world. Second Epistle to St. Timothy chapter 4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Basically, do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. But get the word out there. And again, why? Lord, why do you want me to do that? Is it just so I can be the man? Is it just so I can be influential and strong? And No. It's because in this message that I want you to share, there is life. And while I love you, it is not enough for me that you are saved. I want everybody saved. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're with me. But there's a whole world out there. There's a whole world that needs salvation. So go out there and do whatever it takes to get my message out. That means that we need to be committed, though. And it's difficult. Now, we're human. We're all human. And so being human, we have our weaknesses. We have our limitations. Being human, we're not always going to be able to do this all the time. And God gives us that. That's why there are so many of us. So when I fall short, one of you is going to pick up the slack. If I am in this group and suddenly I offend someone, there'll be 10 of you who will go and make sure that person's okay. If I walk down the street and see someone in need and turn my back, there'll be 10 of you who will go and rush to his or her need. That's why we complete each other. We support each other. Because the message of God is bigger than all of us. And of course, we're not going to be 100% consistent. That is understandable. That is a given. But if we do the best we can... You know, our Lord is very clear. He's going to expect from some of us 30-fold, others 60-fold, others 100-fold. All we do is the best we can. Because while I'm only giving 30-fold, you're giving 100-fold, so we're fine. But I'm doing what I can, and you're doing what you can. And because we're all doing that, we are witnessing to the presence Of God. St. John Chrysostom said something very important. He says, demonstration by works and signs is more powerful than mere words. And if we take this at the very basic level, things that you do on a daily basis that may to you seem very simple, very straightforward, very basic are actually not that simple and straightforward and basic. They can touch lives. The fact that you can be gracious or forgiving or loving to someone will touch that person and may also touch anyone else who has seen or heard of what you've done. I'm not saying go out and publicize it. People have a way of knowing. Look at the courage of those 21 in Libya, or even their families. Look at the courage of those who were killed in various attacks and their families and communities. They speak volumes. Those who went to work in Libya to support their families or decided to go to church on a Sunday in Cairo, Alexandria, or Tanta, or those who were on a church trip going to a monastery in Minya weren't going out to preach. They were just living their lives. But when the opportunity arose, that's exactly what they did. They preached through their lives and even through their death. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, to always be ready in season and out of season. When I am living naturally, and by living naturally, presenting God's light naturally, then anyone who sees me at any given time is going to be touched by that. I'm not saying uh, you know go out and put on your Sunday best and go make an impression. I'm saying by putting on Christ all the time, every day, that's all people see. And so when you get into a difficult situation, the troublesome situation, your actions, your reactions, are going to be instinctive and natural. And by doing that, you're going to present that wonderful example. So our lives are important. They're important for us because God has entrusted us with them. God has entrusted us and trusted us to live in this world only as a journey to get to his kingdom. And in doing that, to present his light into the world and have people also come with us and follow us. And I suppose there is one beautiful um, quote from St. Cyril of Jerusalem that I, I use over and over and um, it is speaking of a ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ he says everywhere the Saviour becomes all things to all to the hungry bread to the thirsty water to the dead resurrection to the sick a physician to sinners redemption. Likewise, in your life, just be yourself. If you try to live this model, you'll see someone who's sick and you'll present that healing, or someone who's hungry and feed, or someone who's thirsty, or someone who's lost. All of these things become natural, part of who we are. So above all, as Saint John Chrysostom says, of course the word is powerful but have your life based on the Word. Because your actions that stem from the Word are even more powerful But because they are lived, they are tangible, and they are visible before all. And glory be to God forever.